Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of TKZ Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Donnie Brown. We'll be coming at you semi-live again from the UP of Michigan with Coulter Lubin and Cody Norton. We'll be talking a little Wyoming trip planning, um, deer season. It's upcoming here in a few weeks in Michigan. And also probably some bass fishing because Coulter is all about that bass. So stay tuned. Sorry it took so long to, to bring you this podcast, but here we are from the UP of Michigan. You're in the kill zone. All right, here we got Cody and, and Coulter on the phone here, and we're going to dive right into our Wyoming prep because that's pretty much been the main thing on our mind since we found out right before our last podcast that we drew drew some tags out for Wyoming for, for mule deer is what we're going for, so um Coulter man um so what what have we been doing here to uh get things started and why have why did we choose Wyoming and and where in Wyoming and um why the hell are we chasing mule deer around when we have whitetails in our backyards yeah so I think this all starts I think Don what did we start applying for Wyoming and, and and I don't really know I think well Don you've done a cow elk hunt in Wyoming correct in the past yep Yep. So I think Wyoming was kind of of interest to us, um, you know, and this is, you know, before Cody, like, not necessarily came on the scene, but before he started to, you know, maybe talk to us about hunts, is like, you know, you know, being from the Midwest, you know, obviously everybody, like, thinks about, or not everybody, but most people think about, like, going out west for hunts every few years, and, you know, we're no different, it's just, it's something different, um, wide open country, and so Don had been out there on a cow elk hunt, and I actually... You know, had I lived in the state of Wyoming um, in the year of 2012, so shoot, I guess eight years ago now, I lived in the state of Wyoming. I worked for um, I worked for Wyoming Game and Fish, um, worked at a fish hatchery, and so I, I had interest in the area just because of like having lived there. You know, seeing how awesome Wyoming was, and so Don and I had just kind of like talked to each other, like, hey, let's start putting in for for points for both or for antelope, elk, and mule deer. And so those are three things. I think it's, you know, I don't, don't quote me on the prices, but I think it's like $35 for antelope around $35 for deer and like somewhere around 40 or 50 for elk every year to put in for a point. Is that right, Don? Yeah. I remember it's like we're, you're spending just over a hundred bucks a year on points, I think for the three of them. Yep. So for all three of those, for, for antelope, for elk and for meal deer, and then Cody, you know, Cody having worked with Don um, and, the, you know, well, working with me too, we kind of got, you know, all talking and we just all kind of, you know, we're just like, hey, let's do an out west trip. Let's just make it happen. But Cody, I think, kind of came on board with our process or, or, you know, our application process, maybe like two years into it. So Don and I had had like three points already for Wyoming and Cody had like zero or just thinking about, you know, getting his first point. So we started to look around at areas, um, you know, for, you know, what what's realistic. Elk, we just, I, I don't know if we just kind of were like, we didn't want to do elk right away, just as bigger. We kind of wanted to, you know, I don't know, dip our dip our toes in a little bit with the mule deer. So um, we just decided that mule deer would be our first, would be a good first hunt for us out west. Um, so we told Cody, hey man, like jump on and start applying for Wyoming. And then we started to look around in Wyoming at how many points it took in certain regions, certain hunt units. 
And the unit right around where I lived, um, which is uh, actually Unit R, which is in uh, the, the west side of the Bighorn Mountains, um, was the area I lived in. Not that when I was out there, I really wasn't thinking about meal deer. I was mostly thinking about catching trout because I lived there in the summer and worked at a fish hatchery. But I'm like, hey, the, the, the people I work with out there, um, you know, I got along with them really well. They told me to just, you know, if I wanted to hunt in Wyoming, just consult with them about about areas and they'd be willing to help me as much as they could and so we just decided that this unit um just to the west of the bighorns um unit or region r was a good choice for us because it only took i think you had like a 75 to 100 percent chance draw on your if you had two points so it just made sense that you know with with don and i having four points and cody having two at this point that that would be an area that you know we'd apply for um and, and, and try to get a tag in that area just because of some of the local knowledge I had. And we know that going out there, it's it's a very popular place for people from the Midwest, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, to hunt because it's one of the closest areas that's an easy to draw or easier to draw mule deer tag. So we're not going out there to shoot 180-inch mule deer. We know that we're going to see a lot of people around. We know that it's going to be, you know, we're going to be looking at two or three-year-old bucks, but I guess just, you know, coming from Michigan and being able to see like 50 yards at best in the woods here that we're just excited to do something different. I mean, you guys agree? hundred <laughs> percent. Looking for yep, that absolutely. different, that Western um, adventure hunt where you can actually, you know, like you said, see past a hundred yards. Be, be pretty crazy for us. Um, what do you think, Cody? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I finally got to kind of drive out there last winter for, for work, and it, yeah, it's just a completely different, <laughs> it's a different world compared to here, so, and I think, too, along the lines of what you said, Coulter, with, uh, with applying, it was really nice, because Wyoming would average your points that you've accumulated, whereas, like, here in Michigan, it'd go to the, the lowest number of preference points in the in the group the person with the lowest number of points so it made it really nice i don't think we, i would have been able to or at least wouldn't have been guaranteed to draw a license until next year um if we couldn't average our points so worked out really well and it's getting us all out in the woods a whole at least a year sooner so i'm i'm excited yeah and that's that's one thing we did is we applied as a group and like cody said it averaged our points together so it between the three of us that the average was perfect for the amount we needed for our, our rifle tag out there. So worked out pretty, pretty well as far as that goes. Yeah. Anyway. I think that Don, did we have, did we have four or was this our fifth year? You know what I think happened was I think you had three. I had two cause I missed a year. <laughs> For some reason, and then Cody had one, so then I think we averaged to two points, and we got region R tags. Yeah, yeah, because I think one point was like it was still a good percentage, maybe like seventy percent, but averaging to two made us all a hundred percent guaranteed to draw. At least in previous years, it was a hundred percent. I didn't check what it actually wound up to be this year, but right. we all got them. So that's the important important thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you guys remember? I mean, you, you know, you know, uh, people, you know, listeners might be interested in 
you know, like price, right? Because, you know, we talk about, you know, a lot of people and you're talking about out of state, there is, you know, of course, the cost of, of doing a trip and tags. Would you remember, was it like three, 360 bucks for our tag somewhere around there? Yeah, I was going to say 340. So, yep, 340. I mean, but right every, all the there. listeners have to, you know, have to keep in mind that some of these Western states, I mean, it, it is a decent application fee. You know, you do, you do fork out some money every year to apply, but you know, for us and, and being in the Midwest and, you know, we love whitetails, you know, I, I love whitetails, but there is something to say about, you know, every couple of years or every few years or every five, whatever you can afford or, or time, it is something cool to just kind of go explore a new area. And I, I guess that's what we're excited about. Just do something a little different. And that's what we're, that's what we're about to do. I mean, shoot, it's only like three and a half weeks away. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Close. It is crazy. But yeah, like, like you said, it, we're, you said we're going to go out there and if, if we, you know, we're going to bring our freaking Michigan whack them and stack them attitude out there. But if we, if we all shoot a buck or one of us shoots a buck and it's a four pointer, it's, it's, it's more about the adventure, like you said, and doing something different and totally different style of hunting than anything we're, we've ever really experienced, you know, um, especially do it yourself on public land. I think I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast. Yep. So maybe it's a good time to like tell, you know, obviously, you know, like the listeners like, know like how we, you know, why we chose this area. We chose it because of the points reason, because, you know, we didn't have 10 points. We didn't have 12 points. We had what we had. Um, and then also my a little bit familiarity with the area, familiarity with the people in that area. Um, but we should maybe talk a little bit about like how else we prepared other than just like knowing the area to hunt. So um, if, if Cody, you want to, or well, actually I can start with, you know, so I, so once we drew a tag, once we all knew that all three of us, you know, because we put in as a party, like, like Don had, you know, uh, like Don had mentioned, I reached out to my, to my former uh, coworkers out there and they were able to give me some spots on a map, um, you know, areas that, um, areas that were off the beaten path. And, and when you look, you know, obviously, you know, and when you listen to a lot of podcasts, you watch a lot of hunting shows, especially on public land, like everybody, you know, is beginning to talk about like, how do you get away from people? You know, we all, we're all fans of each other. We all, you know, we all, you know, we, we, we love you know, sitting down as a group and talking about as hunters, but at the same time, when we're in the woods and we're in the mountains or we're in the swamps or wherever we are, we prefer to not be by each other. It's just the way it is. You know, we like each other, but we don't want to see each other when we're out hunting. And uh, so, I, so I asked my former coworkers, there, I was like, yeah, I just want some areas that, you know, you got to remember we're coming from the Midwest. We're not mountain men by any stretch of imagination. Probably going to be out of shape. That, yeah, we're going to be a little bit out of shape, not totally out of shape, but just halfway out of shape. <laughs> What's some areas that, you know, we can get away from the majority of, of road hunters or people that are just trying to, you know, spot from their vehicles, from their, you know, their UTVs or ATVs or their trucks. And so we got a couple of decent map or decent points on a map. And what we think, we don't know how decent they are, but I, you know, I trust them. They, you know, they live out there and they've hunted out there. And, and so we got some points on a map. But other than that, I mean, we're going into this. Pretty I mean, blind. I don't want to call it. I don't want to call it blind, but it's pretty close. Right, ninety percent blind. Ninety <laughs> percent blind. I mean, I've driven my dirt bike through these areas, but when I was driving through them, I was thinking about what cutthroat trout I was chasing. I was not thinking about mule deer at all. So, <laughs> but but other preparation we've done, I guess, Cody. If you want to talk a little bit about, you know, just the the, 
the shooting, you know, I mean, the, the, you know, we talk about not being able to see, you know, more than 100 yards here in Michigan most of the time, at least where we hunt. So want to talk about that a little bit, Cody? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, I mean, even just finding places where we can shoot <laughs> and shoot at the distances we want is has kind of been challenging. Uh, it's different. Um, so, I mean, all three of us, I think, Coulter, you already had your gun. I think kind of you already had it. You were planning on bringing that out. Don, you had won your gun at a UP Whitetails banquet, if I remember right. Oh, yeah. Ended up, yeah, ended up putting a new scope on with a BDC reticle, right, where Coulter's got the the straight crosshairs. And then I ended up getting, uh, picking up a Ruger American Predator and our gander mountain up here was going out of business so i got a really cheap scope that has a has a grid where you can compensate for bullet drop so all three of us have different scopes different methods for compensating for bullet drop we've, we've got three different calibers <laughs> i've got a six and a half creedmoor don's got a 270 coulter's got a seven millimeter 08 so we're all kind of it's been interesting kind of figuring out you know what works best for each person and and what we got to work with and how to make it work hopefully for <laughs> for when we get out west um so we ended up i mean kind of the first step was getting together we got together at my camp where we could shoot and um get everything sighted in and make sure we were starting out from a good spot at 200 yards so we zeroed all of our rifles out at 200 and that was as far as we could shoot <laughs> at camp that was across the food plot so um we ended up finding uh i guess it's well it's a it's a waterfowl refuge that was open this summer and it's got a, a bunch of share crop fields that are wide open we can shoot i don't know i mean you could reach out a long long ways there and still be pretty safe with some nice rolling hills um so we we started out at you know starting at two and started stepping back getting to three getting to four um i know at least don and i i think we made it to four coulter you were still kind of trying to figure out how much your bullet's going to drop and and where you're going to have to aim on a deer's body you know it's it's been it's been a process i guess for for each of us to try to figure out how this is going to work and how we're going to be able to show up out there and make a you know an ethical shot at a much longer range than we're than most of us than when we ever shot at so it's been interesting um for the most part we've been shooting off of uh like a, a backpack trying to simulate kind of what the conditions are going to be like out there um shooting prone off of that for the most part um which is something that you just never do in michigan <laughs> you know i mean it's just it's something you learn about in hunter safety or you know you you know that it's oh yeah that's one of the most accurate or the most accurate way to shoot um but you just you don't typically have situations like that where you're gonna shoot from a prone position in michigan so at least not not in the big woods of the up so um just been yeah i guess trying to navigate that figure it out um now i think we need to start messing around with some different uh different techniques sitting the sitting the backpack up using some tripods or bipods um just different situations where the grass might be tall or the we might be on a steep hill and, and can't shoot in that in that way but our nice long shooting range is closed down 
in anticipation of the waterfowl season or because of waterfowl season. So now we've kind of got scooted to another area where I think we can, hopefully we can reach out to maybe 400 there um, safely. We, I think we got to almost three the last time we went there um, <laughs> on a windy day. So we we definitely we shot on two different windy days and um, those were pretty humbling experiences for us. We're feeling <laughs> pretty high and mighty after some nice calm days, stretching out to 400 and then and then some wind picked up other days and we just we couldn't hit the broadside of a barn it felt like. So that's been uh, yeah, definitely been a learning process for us, but uh, no, it's it's been great. Um I guess yeah. I mean, how do you guys feel about it? How how comfortable are you, and how much how much more work do you think we're gonna have to put in the next three and a half weeks? <laughs> I guess for for me, I'll talk first. You know, this is Coulter here. I you know, I part of me you know wishes I would have I would have bought a new scope, um, but at the same time, you know, I was just kind of looking at and, and actually I have like a. You know, I'm my seven millimeter 08. I, it's a great scope. It, it really is. You know, um, but of course, technology's changed a lot in the last, you know, 15 years when you know when that scope was like, you know, the big thing. Um, so it's a great scope, but it's just it's just having confidence in 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 what you have. And you know, it's weird. You know, I I've never. Well, no, I take that back. I did shoot an elk at you know just just under 500 um, yards when I was uh, 16 years old, and I would say I was sending prayers across the canyon. But, you know, I, I was, it was definitely, you know, I was at a little bit, you know, I, I think a little bit more ethically now than I did at that age. I'm obviously a holder, you know, just think about it a little bit differently. And, you know, of course I killed that elk and everything worked out, but, um, but you know, when I think about it, you, you know, now it's just, it's just having the confidence in the fact that your crosshairs, you know, they're on an animal somewhere different than where the bullet's going to hit. And it's just, you know, in a lot of people, you know, if you're listening to this and like you've hunted out West all, you're like, Oh yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. We do it all the time. But you know, here in Michigan, I mean, typically you just put your crosshairs on the vitals and you pull the trigger. Like that's just how we just don't have situations where you have to shoot any further than that. So just the whole idea, you know, for example, for me, you know, I'm zeroed at 200, you know, at 300 yards, I'm eight inches high at 350. I'm like, 16 inches high you know that that that's just you know things that i Whoa. need to learn and i've been learning um but it's just it's a confidence thing yeah i was gonna say the same thing i'm and there's any guys out west that are hunt out west a lot that are listening to this they're like man these jokers are worried about shooting 400 yards and we're like yeah we are kind of worried about it because we usually pull our guns out of the safe before deer season here shoot it at 100 yards put it in a two inch group and, and call it a day. But out there it's a whole different story. And man, when we're, we're shooting a target at 400 yards, it seems like it's four miles away. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been, it's been fun. That's for sure. It's been super frustrating on those days where it doesn't seem like you can do anything right. And then you'll do the same exact thing the next day and you're smacking the gong at 400 yards. So I, I don't get it, but I'm confident enough that I think I can go throw some lead at some deer and probably kill it. But like always, you're always wishing you could have done more probably in preparation, you know, but I think we'll be, I think we'll, we're lethal enough to do it, whatever we're going to need to do out there. And hopefully we can use some, uh, 
other skills other than long range shooting to get close to these deer and, and put them on the ground. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think, you know, Cody, you asked like how much more, you know, we had three and a half weeks, I think. So we, you know, because of me, we're not leaving until the 13th, but, um, <laughs> you guys want to leave on the 12th, but yes. we'll out, but, we, but we haven't forgotten. <laughs> yeah. But, um, we got time to change your mind. Yeah, uh, we have time to change your mind, and then we also have time, you know, I would like to, you know, obviously I think, you know, I feel like, and I, you know, I got a pretty decent long range, like, actual, like, uh, sportsman's club, not far from where I work at, um, that I can get out to, but, you know, I'd like to think that, you know, that I can get out, you know, another two or three times for sure, and shoot, just gain a little bit more confidence, you know, me personally, because of the way my gun is set up, like, I'm going to shoot out to 350 and no further. That's just, you know, because I don't want to have to aim off an animal. I don't have any problem with, you know, aiming at the at the back of it, you know, at the, the very, you know, the, 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 the spine of the animal. I don't have a problem with that and compensating for drop. I just don't want to have to get to the point where I have to aim off an animal. So my goal is to be able to get within 350 yards of a mule deer. And if I can get closer, we're going to, you know, we're going to try it. I think that that's what's important to, you know, note is that, you know, of course, we're, you know, we want to have confidence out at these distances, realizing that we might have to take a shot at them, but ideally we'd be closer than when we, we would be further, right? I mean, that just, that just lessens the, you know, the opportunity for, you know, wind drift, you know, hitting twigs, branches, grass, you know, the deer actually, you know, being, becoming, you know, aware of our presence. So, you know, ideally we would get closer than further, but, you know, we know we're going to be in some open country. Exactly. Yep. I guess, uh, you know, in addition to just their trying to figure out shooting and, and build that confidence and figure out our, our guns and how to start stretching things out more than 100 yards <laughs> for Michigan, um, we've also been doing, at least I've been trying to do some hikes uh, in some of the mountains around here, which are not technically mountains but we call them mountains because it's the closest thing we have <laughs> but uh so basically just taking my my pack for that i'm going to be taking out west filling it with a 50 pound bag of corn and taking off with my with my black labs um and just hiking trails hiking hiking trails or, or mountain bike trails and and trying to put on you know as many miles and gain as much elevation as i can to Try to get ready for out west, test some of my gear out, um, try to get in shape and break my boots in and, and all that. So it's been, uh, it's been pretty fun. Honestly, been covering some new area that I haven't spent a whole lot of time in. Um, on a lot of those mountain tops are covered with oaks. So I've been kind of keeping an eye on those for, <laughs> for other types of hunting as well once we get back. Um, but I know, Don, you, you've kind of been taking a, a different approach for trying to get in shape for out there, hey? Yeah, I've, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> been doing more of like a a workout regimen thing, and it was going really well, and I was feeling good. I, I could actually do the cardio stuff, and afterwards I didn't feel like I wanted to die or throw up, so that was cool. <laughs> But I've been sick for like the last week and a half and I feel like I'm under stage zero and back to like squared negative 10, you know, but, so I got to pick it up here the last three weeks. I think I'm finally starting to come out of my cold a little bit. So 
We'll see if I can start puking again. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how, how fast that can set you back. Jeez, you work for months, you know, and you're starting to feel good, and then you get a cold, and you're like, oh, God, I feel like death. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, and, and Coulter, I know, he's he's just, he's been bass fishing a lot, so his, his legs and back muscles are, are probably pretty stout from balancing those waves on his boat. Yeah, no, I'm curling the fish up. Yeah, 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 exactly. I definitely feel like you know maybe I should have worked out some more, but I, you know, I've been I've done a fair amount of five to seven mile hikes. Um, you know, just hiking into areas to set trail cameras and hiking around scouting and and, and brook trout fishing, and you know I feel pretty good. Except you know, Don mentions it's cold. Holy cow! The last three four days here, I had to actually took a couple half sick days here for work. It's just yeah, yeah, definitely fell under the bug, but better now than three weeks from now. Because of course, when we go out there, at the very least, we want to be the healthiest we can be. So, um, <laughs> but I, you know, I think nonetheless, you know, obviously, you know, Cody working out and Don working out and me thinking about working out um, is, uh, you know, it's good. But it's, I think the biggest thing that is just, you know, coming from the Midwest to out west and just speaking from experience, having done it a couple times for for work, is and is just the elevation. I mean, it's just the way it is. I mean, we live at sea level or just above sea level. There's really nothing we can do to replicate the fact that we're going to be going out to, and we haven't really mentioned this, but, you know, we're probably going to be hunting somewhere from five to 7,000 feet um, elevation, I mean, roughly. Um, and so it, it's, the, the fact of the matter is, and, you know, we're going to be a few Midwesterners going out there and we're going to be drinking water like it's going out of style because it's just, it's what your body needs when you go into those elevations. So, It'll be fun, and we're going to be pushing ourselves, and I guarantee we're going to be, you know, quite frankly, you know, sore shit yeah. at night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Ibuprofen, you know, for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, you know, maybe we could have, you know, at least me personally, maybe could have done a little bit more to prepare physically, but the fact remains, I think just the adventure of it and the adrenaline of, of being in a different area, I think we'll be able to pull through and just have a blast and be able to get around. Yeah, when I went and did that Cowelk hunt in Wyoming, there, the hunt itself and the climbing the the mountains and stuff was was easy. When you had the adrenaline of the hunt, and then after, when you're descending and everything's, you know, you don't have that adrenaline. It was like, holy crap, am I freaking tired? But that was when I didn't do anything either. So hopefully we <laughs> get a little more momentum to carry us through here. <laughs> but yeah so i mean we've been shooting we've um been scouting on onyx a lot um at least coulter and cody have and we've done some some zoom meetings or whatever you call them um going over some plans for once we get out there so we think we have a decent plan for when we actually hit the ground um but I don't know about you two, but my freaking pocketbook has taken a hit pretty hard getting ready for, for going out there. Because like you said, we're stand and blind hunting deer hunt, whitetail deer hunters from Michigan. So a lot of the stuff we feel like we have um, to hunt deer here isn't going to work so well out there. I'm big, pa- like different packs and, and we all bought new um, 
stiffer boots for hiking and rocks and and climbing and descending and all that. But geez, I told my wife that it was probably yeah, it's going to be fairly cheap. You know, it shouldn't be too bad. But she lets me hear about it every time she sees something pop up on Amazon. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I was having a discussion with my wife right before you called today <laughs> about about the next uh, next important purchase I needed to make. So <laughs> definitely feeling it. Yeah, and let alone all the uh, regular whitetail deer hunting home hunting stuff you need on top of the western stuff for this time of year but exactly that that stuff doesn't just go away either yeah we don't do this to make money though right (laughs) (laughs) but no go ahead yeah my yeah, my Beagles really haven't said anything about the Amazon packages showing up, but I don't have a wire for a girlfriend to really tell me, but, but you're right. I mean, it's, it's, you know, obviously I, you know, I, I had a pack, um, just from living out there and, you know, kind of getting into the backpacking deal a little bit, but, uh, yeah, it's still, well, the biggest thing, I mean, this brings up, we didn't really talk about it in the shooting thing, but freaking ammo. Yeah. You know, so. Box here, you know, box shoot. there, two boxes here, two yeah, boxes you know, there. Yeah, I mean, honestly. You know, in a typical year, you know, rifle deer hunting in Michigan, I go out, I shoot three times before season, two or three times, make sure everything's good. Yep. Okay, that's good. And then I might shoot maybe one time during rifle season, maybe twice, probably once. So that's four shells a year. So a box will last you, if I can do math, which I can, five a box years. will last you five years. Yep. You know, that's and the, it's not that we're <laughs> underprepared. The fact is we're shooting under 100 yards. Like, how many times do you need to shoot under 100 yards to know, like, okay, I can shoot under 100 yards? Um, but, yeah, and then, of course, you know, being, you know, 2020 and COVID and manufacturing being what it is and political client, all this other stuff going on. I mean, finding ammo is kind of a pain in the ass. Um, yeah. So, in you know, trying to, you know, I just got my hands on two boxes of ammo from my buddy in Wisconsin and felt like I struck gold, you know, because, you know, I want to go out west with, a box at least and i still want to get some more practice in before that so um so that 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 alone you know you're talking 35 to 45 dollars a box for ammo that alone hits your pocketbook before you even start getting into the boots and the gear and the packs and the clothes and the tents and whatever else you gotta buy you know (laughs) yeah 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 it adds up i know (laughs) exactly I, buying all this stuff and I got it a tote half filled for stuff to go out there I'm like shit that's not even that much and how much money did I spend on that you can't put a price tag on memories so. though no no it'll be it'll be invaluable you know yeah. Yeah, how does your wife tell I mean how does she when you say that what, what, what's her response usually Hmm. <laughs> oh. I'm just trying to learn from you guys. Eventually, I might have to be there. I'm just trying to learn what what their response is, how you should respond. I mean, you guys got any like well, real good, real good advice for expensive hunting trips when you're married? Because I ain't got shit. Because I don't have it. I don't have to worry about that. Secret bank accounts. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's, uh, it's like a shell game. Yeah, keep moving stuff around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like your wife know how much you make. So how do you? I mean, they just in math illiterate, or are you just that sneaky? Oh yeah, Sarah's. She watches. 
on payday for my check to hit the bank account. So <laughs> yeah, I, know, I can't, I, I can't really get away get with, away from that. I can't get away with anything. It's her reaction is mostly just not talking to me. <laughs> so, okay. I mean, it's got its pluses and minuses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, I, I, and then we're talking about doing this in the future, you know, not just a once in a lifetime thing. So that doesn't help too much, but I'm, I'm, I'm in my own mind, it's alleviating some of that burden off of her for so you so you try to tell her it's more of an investment than it is like an expense i might have tried to sell that angle a little bit (laughs) and that worked like what it might have worked for like the first couple hundred bucks like maybe the pack or the boots or something the first i should say the first 600 and those things because we've (laughs) i mean we we've been me and cody we talk about gear all the time. I don't know why. We just like gear. But yeah. we're trying to, like, besides his first light gear, we're trying to go about this being, or me, as frivolous as possible. So trying to find the best deals on the cheapest stuff and just trying to make it work. You know what I mean? Not buying necessarily name brand hunting apparel, but buying, like, hiking stuff that's basically the same thing without camouflage on it. And, and doing these different merino wool companies that aren't hunting-based companies, but shoot, it's the same materials and it's a $30 shirt versus a $120 shirt, you know what I mean? Um, whether it stands up to the test of time, I don't know, but if I can buy four of those shirts for the price of the other shirt and it'll stretch me out 10 or 12 years, I think I can deal with yep. that, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely, and even I've gotten some of the, like you said, I got some, some first light clothes, but I also got them for, I got a 30% discount on everything, and I've just been, I've been trying to think long term too, with, you know, trying to get something that I, that I really want, but trying to do it in a way that it's not going to break the bank quite as much, like I think I got my boots during a Memorial Day sale for a big discount and got my scope for my gun. You know, I, that was over 50% off, I think, with the company going out of business. And But some things, it doesn't matter how well you plan, they're, they're still going to hurt. But, yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. definitely trying to trying to do it as, as frugal as possible. And, and But like you said, I think, I mean, it, it doesn't help a whole lot right now, but... You know, we we want to keep going out west. I mean, we've been we've been talking maybe about a spring bear hunt. Coulter, obviously we're putting Coulter, quit quit moving around. There's a lot of background noise. <laughs> you oh. all windy over there. Sorry. <laughs> <All right. laughs> keep going, go. Uh, yeah, no, but yeah, I mean, we're talking about uh, you know our, we're buying points for elk and pronghorn and. In Wyoming, or talking about over-the-counter elk in the, in other states. I mean, we, we want to keep going out there, um, you know, going out west or going to different different areas, maybe Alaska someday. I mean, hopefully, this is an investment, and and we're going to be using these things a lot more than just just for one trip, which my wife keeps bringing up. This is this is. 
been an expensive trip. <laughs> I try to say it's but, an investment. <laughs> yeah, it'll be get used down the road. But I'm also trying to get stuff that'll be great for, especially like early season bow hunting in Michigan and stuff. Like I want to be wearing the clothing I got for for Wyoming for hiking around in the tree stand in early season here. Um, so hopefully get a lot more a lot of use out of it and. Uh, yeah, it hurts getting everything started up, but hopefully it lasts a long time. Yeah, and like you said, it's going to be a dual purpose. We're not just not going to be like Western stuff that only goes out west. We're going to use it here too, but yeah, it's, it's, it hurts. It hurts big time. But I mean, us three and most of the guys in TKZ, we're normal guys, normal jobs. We don't have lots of extra cash sitting around to do stuff like this. Like we're talking doing Western trips or out of state hunts for deer or whatever. It's like, it's not every year. It's every two or three years if we're lucky. And if we can do back to back years and um, that would be nice, but it's probably not in the cards for a lot of us. Um, but also, and this is what I've been, like we said, trying to appease the the wives, is that, hey, just think how much cheaper the next hunt's going to be after I already have all this stuff, right? <laughs> there's, that invest, there's that investment angle. The next one's going to be so cheap. <laughs> Until there's all all new stuff. Because you got to make them believe, you got to, you know, there will be a next hunt. This isn't just a one-time thing here. You got to just put that seed in the back of the mind that it's it's not a one-time shot here. (laughs) Exactly. They'll be lucky if we don't try to move out there after spending 10 days in in the backcountry. It's going to be great. It's going to be hard to, yeah. The, the drive to get back out there, I'm sure, is going to be pretty strong. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I can't imagine it. I can't imagine us coming back and be like, man, I never want to do that again. <laughs> yeah, man, just wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah, a mule deer out west, just, just, just not for me. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. But um, I guess one thing I'm, I want to mention before we go is the three of us were we're probably all going to be hunting together at one time. We're not going to break apart too much or spread out and and hunt solo. So what we've decided to do, and we haven't done it yet, is we're going to ha- hop on some random name generator generator online and uh, draw names for who gets to shoot first or who gets the first right to pass and second and so on and so forth. So. Um, I think that would be kind of fun. Can we do that right now, Don? Um. No. No? No? Are you sure? You don't trust me? I just thought that'd be kind of neat. I didn't think about it till now. Oh, come on. A live live podcast reveal of the shooting order? Fine. Fine. Don, Don, what you need to take. Yeah, it's fine. We can do that. But I need picture evidence. And I would prefer your wife to be there to verify. Yep. Sarah's going to have to be under oath and vouch yep. for you. She's sleeping. Can you call her? I'll, 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 text, I'll text her and tell her she's got to get over to that room. We're talking on her phone right now, though. So. <laughs> well, hey, well, it's great we're talking on her phone. I just want to hear her in the background verify that it's right. right. And I want a picture of the order. Let me... 
get the computer fired up here and I'll find one, but you guys have to take over the podcast here for a little bit and but I guess that kind of wraps up most of our Wyoming prep, right? So Cody. You there? Are you there? You're there. All right, good. Why don't we do Cody's corner? Yeah, why don't take us off into Cody's corner? We can do that. Welcome to the corner, everybody, with your host, Cody. (laughs) Welcome. Yeah, um, well, I thought for this week, since since you texted me, you know, a few hours ago and said, hey, get ready for the corner. Um, I thought we could talk a little bit about, um, I think you mentioned on, on the last podcast that I had gotten a, a squirrel dog puppy. Um, so I thought I'd talk a little bit about kind of the, the squirrel dog breeds that have typically been used in, in the U S especially for, for hunting squirrels. So for the most part, those are mountain curs and train feists. Um, so feists are, are quite a bit smaller. They're kind of like little terriers, and they've kind of descended from terriers. But they're in the, you know, a foot to two foot tall at the shoulder, 10 to 35 pounds. They're really, you know, this is kind of the smaller option if you're looking at squirrel dogs. Um, and, and, yeah, whereas curs are more in the 16 to 26 inches at the shoulder, 30 to 60 pounds, quite a bit bigger dogs. Um, but both of those breeds were kind of developed, um, especially in the kind of Appalachian Mountains, the, you know, Virginia, Kentucky, Tennessee area. Um, but they were descendant from dogs that were at least kind of the, the belief is there's, it's not uh, well tracked or well known, but from European immigrants bringing over terriers and cur type dogs and they kind of developed their own breeds for what their needs were here in the u.s so those are the kind of the main ones that you see in the u.s um there are some issues if you want to bring uh you know have a feist in the in the up in the winter that dog's going to get probably real cold and have a hard time going through deep snow um curs same thing with you know holding heat is probably gonna not gonna do quite as well um, as some other species other breeds um, but can truck through the snow a little bit better than feist but the the dog that I ended up getting is a West Siberian Leica so they're kind of in the they're a little bit taller especially than the feist they're in the 20 to 24 inch height um, but range anywhere from 40 to 55 pounds. Um, but they actually originated in Russia. They're a very primitive breed. They're kind of they're in a group called the Spitzes, um, and pretty similarly related to like Karelian bear dogs and, and other breeds that were bred for you know hunting small everything from small game to bears to to wild boars. They even herded reindeer for <laughs> for the people who kind of originally developed them. So pretty interesting um past and they're kind of like i said they're more primitive they i mean my pup she has the coloration of a wolf the behavior of a wolf (laughs) a lot more than other dogs um just has a really cool curly cute tail um that kind of sets her apart but she definitely because of that she does not leave my side in the woods without an orange vest on (laughs) 
Um, something to keep in mind, I guess, if you're looking at a squirrel dog like like this. Um, but they're they're cool dogs. They have a, like a more of a husky coat than the you know smooth coats of the feist and curs. So she'll be. If anything, you've got to be worried about them overheating in the summer, early fall during training. Um, but I've been working with her. She's about four months now. Her name's Belka. Um, so we kind of stuck with her, her Russian Siberian roots. Um, Belka means squirrel in Russian. And yeah, she's about four months now. I've been taking her out and trying to run her in oak stands, get her some experience yeah, every week or every other week. Looking her out once. Um, she's been doing great, starting to catch on. And uh, September fifteenth is our small game opener in Michigan, so I ended up taking her down to. Oop. What's up, Cole? I didn't say nothing. No, it's um. I'll keep talking then. Um, but took her down to some oak stands down in Delta County in the UP, about an hour from my house. Um kind of her first first real test run more of a more of a training experience for her but we we started driving down there and heard that the weather had, <laughs> outlook wasn't good um we're supposed to get the weather supposed to get up to 80 degrees supposed to have 40 mile an hour wind gusts so i pretty much figured it would be a, an act of futility there's no way in hell that we were going to see a squirrel they'd be holed up inside their trees swaying in the wind but uh we ended up getting down there in the early morning spending a few hours in the woods she ended up putting on about 4.7 miles um just cruising checking out checking out the sand and we ended up seeing four squirrels i was able to shoot one and trying to get it down for her, trying to get her to, you know, see the whole process. And, of course, I shot that one. It, it fell and hung up in a crotch in the tree about 25 feet up. So then we spent about 20 minutes throwing sticks up in the tree, finally cut down, uh, like, a service berry that was just long enough to kind of tickle the squirrel and <laughs> get it to fall out. So um, pretty, uh, pretty fun morning, great time awesome to actually get a a real squirrel you know not a not a red squirrel or a chipmunk um over her and kind of have her see the whole process so um it's been really neat for me i mean i i got her without ever having actually gone squirrel hunting with a dog i've only ever done it you know still hunting by my you know without a dog so it's trying to figure out you know what the what expectations to have um how to work with a dog and and it's it's a lot different just reading about something and trying to figure it out than than growing up with it or or spending time out in the woods actually doing it so been a learning experience for both of us but she's making a lot of progress and it's uh it's been a fun adventure so far cody the great squirrel hunter <laughs> i'm hoping to get her all trained up uh so we can take everybody on at your youper squirrel derby goal yeah i'll still be uh. <laughs> yeah you and you and your doc don't stand a chance to me and my my hunting abilities <laughs> Remember the rules of the squirrel derby is any and all you're, legal methods. You're still stealing all my spots. You got to come down here to hunt. 
We'll see. I'm gonna start branching out to some more up here, but it's I'm funny. You that. you spend hours in a in an oak stand up here, and it just looks phenomenal. And and you might see a, a squirrel if you if you sit like in a tree stand hunting for deer, but I mean you can spend a long time trying to squirrel hunt, and you just do not see the numbers that you do in the in the South Central UP. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop sending Onyx points. They're gonna start having finding your own spot. <laughs> Don showed me the one I went to. I think during the Uper Squirrel Derby. Yeah, yeah, it's my. I showed him originally, so I figured my my spot. Just re, just yeah. remember who won the original Squirrel Uper Squirrel Derby. Yeah, that's fine. When everything yeah, was kosher. You can still pat yourself on the back about that. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, so, uh, so, Don, you got that computer loaded? We're, re- up? We're ready, boys. Is your wife oh, there? Man. She is here. She's kind of sleeping, but she's here. <laughs> Turn on! She probably doesn't care in the least. Turn <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, she's here. So we have Coulter, Don, and Cody on the the Select a Wheel brought to you by wheelofnames.com bringing you our Wyoming first up to shoot whatever you want to call it. Here we go. Are you ready? Forky. Ready. Ready. Oh, it's glitching real hard. Oh no! Not <laughs> Coulter. <laughs> oh, we have to do that over because it was glitching. No, it was probably me. Not Coulter first. You're so. Hey, Coulter, you're first. You get first right to pass. Now it took your name off the wheel, and it's a fifty-fifty from oh, for Don yeah. and Cody. Oh, Let's see what we get. I can already tell you how this one's going to go. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. Oh, yeah. Don's second. Cody's last. <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow. Perfect. For once, something broke my way. All right, cool. So for out west, Cody or Coulter gets first right to pass. Don gets second. Cody gets third. And then we're going to alternate days, so... Day two to be Don, Cody, Coulter, and so on and so forth. So, do you can guys? You, do you can guys, you take uh, a pic of that? We'll drop it in the podcast show notes. Um. Yes. Would, of course. <laughs> I would have to re. I would have to reenact. You gotta, I'm gonna have to. You gotta quick, I gotta reenact it because it, it removes everything after you click it like once and then twice. But yeah, I can do that again. Yeah. Don't worry, when you when your name came up first, Coulter, there was like fireworks and, and confetti going on, so you feel pretty good pretty good about yourself after that one. Wait until you see those shirts I made and what they say on them. Oh, boy. It'll all correlate. Can I leave now? Sarah wants to know if she's excused. <laughs> Sarah, do you approve? Am I really first? Yep. Nice, Sarah. Fist pump. Hair fist pump. Okay, bye. You let me down, Sarah. Sarah. Godmother of four. 
The way we were shooting, Cody, we're all going to be using your gun anyway, so it's a good thing you're last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, yeah. I, I probably have the, the lowest standards for a buck to shoot, too, so that, that'll work out just fine. Well, you might end up shooting on the first day after me and Coulter both pass up those spikes. <laughs> exactly. This is all spikes. I'll count on it. <laughs> Yeah, I'll just be drinking beer at the tent for nine days. I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Eating back straps. Right. <laughs> Perfect. So we got it all figured out. Yep. It's official. So, cool. All right. Well, Cody took us to his wonderful corner and explained the, the great world of squirrel dogs. And I don't know. I guess we can save the deer talk for another one. We probably should start doing these more than once every three months. No, I'd say we're good. We're probably at about, yeah, I mean, I think we covered our Wyoming. We got our draw for who's going to shoot. We talked about our prep, and I'd say we probably shoot out. We could probably shoot out another one here before before we leave, and we can talk a little bit about, uh, honestly, so what's the date today? It is, it is September 17th. 17th I mean, yeah. I, w- I would say we could probably get one out, you know, into our bow season a little bit because I think we we all got – we could probably get one just before our bow season maybe and talk about, you know, what we're, what we're thinking and go from there. Yeah, that sounds good. And, you know, once we're heading to Wyoming, we're going to be able to record about 40 of these on the, the amount it takes to get there, too. So, <laughs> yep. but all right. Yeah, that'd be a good plan. Sounds good. Oh. Thank, um, I guess you guys got any uh, closing thoughts there? I'm glad I'm first. <laughs> that's, that, that, that's official, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what you get for uh, making those shirts for us because you're such a nice fella. I am, you know, I I should watch my language, but yes, I am a very, very nice friend. Still single out there in case you're listening. Yep, any women out there listening that like hunting, fishing, Beagles, no TV, no internet, no dish. Looking for a guy. We're out here. But he does have a 1980s bass boat. Shh. A 90. The 90, and I'm always looking at the newer ones. And he's got some. What more do you need? (laughs) Always looking. And he's got some flow going on, too, so. He's still got the Fabio thing, sorta. Yeah. Yep, it's gonna be everybody likes it. It's gonna be a big hit. A big hit. The Lubin layer needs to add the love back into it, so Yeah. Hit him uh, up. Oh boy. DM YouTube. Make sure to subscribe and like all the the the, the YouTube, the Twitter, the Facebook, EKZ Outdoors. Are we on Twitter? Are we? Or know. we're not? I don't think we're on Twitter. Instagram. Instagram. Oh, Instagram. That's sorry. I, I can't, you know, I'm too old for that. I can't. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, but no, we're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, 
make sure to check out where you know we're dropping not new video. <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> Instagram. YouTube. Facebook. Instagram. Boom. <laughs> Not Twitter. Don't go to Twitter. We're not on Twitter. We don't tweet so. things. <laughs> no Twitter. No Twitter. So. But other than that, we're out there. Check out our new videos coming out. Are they coming out once a week, Don? Once a week. I think they're every Wednesday. Yeah, every Wednesday. And uh, got some good stuff out there, I, I, I think. I think they're good. Well, they got a bias, but I think they're good. I agree. I think they're good too. <laughs> bias, bias, and all—they're—they're—they're—they're yeah. they're, they're, they're legit for a bunch of dudes that just do this for for fun. So. Well, I will say. I mean, you gotta remember, Don. Though, I mean, our first, our first two videos were just us, you know, filming. Well, I, not being cocky here, but me, you know, filming other people, you know, with a with a bear hunt and a and a you know a liberty hunt, youth hunt, so. You know, we're, it's not just like we're always the ones just out there doing the shooting. We're also doing some filming for some other folks. So oh, yeah. be sure to check them out. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. All right. It died. It sounded like every like the phone died. You got real quiet. Yeah, it did. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, check us out on the on the, the social medias. And uh, Cody, you got anything to add before signing off? No, I'm just, I'm just real excited to be heading out west with hopefully no cell service and no internet. I love it. Get out of Dodge, man. <laughs> exactly. I'm ready. Get out of Dodge. It's going to be fun. All right. My beagles are looking like they want to cuddle, so I got to roll. All right. Love, love, lighter, beagles. Go, go, ahead, go snuggle up with Snake and Buck. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this episode of TKZ Outdoors Podcast. And we'll catch you on the next one real soon. Thanks for listening.